Blog Talk Radio. like to welcome everybody to Vibe Time with Jerry on Blog Talk Radio and StreamYard and everywhere else we have it. Um, you can tune into Vibe Time with Jerry on the page, um, my page, Jerry Pritchard Rares, or you can go to David Flowers' page. We have it in three different locations. So um, I would like to welcome John Stevens, who comes on with us every third Tuesday of every month to talk about Virginia paranormal events and the different things that are going on, you know, within the state of Virginia and the different areas. If you haven't liked his page, it is Virginia paranormal events. And then his website is www.virginiaparanormalevents.com. So John Stevens, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Yes. We have been thinking about you. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people have reached out to me. I want to say thank you for everybody's uh, kind thoughts and prayers. Um, you know, it's uh, when you uh, deal with the loss of a loved one, it's, it can be shocking, even though you may see it coming. Still, it's hard to get over. It takes uh, it takes a while, and it, and it, there's a, a period that you just Days go by and you don't even know what happened uh, to them. So I feel like the whole, gosh, probably up until today, that I get some semblance of normality back to my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for about the first two, three weeks of the of the new year, I'm sitting here like in a fog. And so things are getting slowly back to normal, but. Uh, I want to say thanks to everybody that sent me a note or a kind card or or a thought message me. Uh, really, really felt that too. Uh, it does make a difference. Yeah. Uh, some people actually came to the funeral that I was really uh, surprised that they would take the time and, and travel a distance to come. And uh, it just means a lot. So. Well, we we certainly the family really appreciates you. Yeah, we certainly appreciate you, and we did we have been thinking about you. I've been thinking about Donna too. Yeah, Donna was uh, is my sister. For those that don't know, and she uh, she's always asking me what paranormal events are happening because she likes to ghost hunt and stuff like that too. She just doesn't do it a lot. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, 
was, uh, you know, had, had to deal with the loss because she was a, a, a strong caregiver to my mother and took, took a lot of time with my mother and did a lot of things with her. So it naturally hit her hard yeah, yeah. as well. So. Yeah. So, hi, Ronnie. How are you? Hey, Ronnie. So, do, do you hey, have, um, with the upcoming events, have you, do you see anything new out there? That, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can quickly go over some things that are coming uh, this weekend, uh, the 21st. There at Hanover Tavern in uh, Ashland. It's the Hanover Tavern, Paracon. Um, a lot of people are going to be there. Um, it's, it's centrally located, uh, real easy to get to, and a great historical place, as well as a great uh, venue. They have a good restaurant, they have a nice bar. They, if you're having a wedding, it's a great place to have a wedding. Um, Plumeri 
is putting on a uh, investigation there, and that will. Uh, I believe that runs until 1 a.m. Uh, so tickets are still available for all these things that I've just mentioned. And then in March, there is the uh, down in Wilmington, North Carolina, on the fourth. Uh, they are the USS North Carolina is uh, being investigated, a uh, group led by Plumeri again. And then on the uh, 24th through the 26th, uh, Hunter Knight's group is in Gettysburg at the Gettysburg Academy, which is a old place that was uh, that's haunted there in Gettysburg for a two-night event. And then uh, the 25th as well of March, uh, Plumeri Productions is putting on a an event at the Exchange Hotel. Okay. So it seems like the Exchange Hotel is, I know there was uh, an event in December, in January, February, March. I think they, they're pretty easy to get in touch with and do private events. Um, I think they allow people up till midnight to be in the building. Um, and so for about, gosh, I, 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 um, I will probably butcher this, but it was something like 350 for the first six people, maybe 300 for the first six people, um, 25 for each person after that if you want to do a private event. So it ends up being about $50 a person, I think. That's not bad. Um, to do this, you have the whole building, have the three buildings to yourself. So yeah. there's the summer kitchen, which has an upstairs and a downstairs. The upstairs of the summer kitchen is where they had, uh, they have a couple of rooms up there, um, but there is a man that supposedly guards the upstairs, and he's not a, he's not a nice guy. In fact, I had a, uh, a psychic tell me, Call me up by name and say, be careful when you're going up these, and they're very steep steps. Um, he, he's going to try to push you. And so I was kind of wary of that because there's no, part of it doesn't have any hand railing, so you've got to be careful. Um, and then up, upstairs, they have a room that was a, like a, um, a, a place for uh, prostitutes. Um, so there's a lot, always a lot of activity in there. And then in another room, it's like a bedroom. But they also have, people have experienced a lot of weird things in there. I actually had somebody tell me that they believe that there was a portal up there. So, uh, but the summer kitchen sits right beside the exchange. It's where they used to, to do the chicken, fried chickens, what they're known for. Uh, as the trains would come by, the people would come out there and sell their fried chicken to the uh, to the passengers by hand, handing the basket up to the windows. People would pay to get some chicken. And then uh, one of the cool things that happens at the exchange, and it happens almost every time, is there uh, they will they somebody will catch uh, something whistling. And the whistling is the this, the people that brought the food over had to whistle uh, as they brought it over, and partly because 
provincialized the Gettysburg Bash. And back in Stinger, uh, there were a couple of years, uh, a couple of years ago that it wasn't big. Nobody was showing up. But I heard this past year, it was really, really good. So those are just some of the things that are going on in, in Virginia right now. But um, it's not it's not an all-encompassing list. Hey, Ronnie. Things come up all the time. Right. And people, people tell me about things like, uh, like Castlewood uh, is a historic home in Chesterfield. They just did an investigation. There this past air tonight had a great turnout. Um, had a huge turnout for that event. Um, and then I think there was an event at St. Albans a couple of weeks ago that was really big as well. They, they posted the pictures. Um, I'm just amazed that uh, you know the people are are wanting more and more of these types of events. Um, of course, and I always shoot them down to the uh, to the Powhatan Plantation to uh, check your uh, your uh, place out, and uh, because it's always going on and and it's a good place to go visit um, for the ghost tour and to walk around and see the property as well and spend an hour or so uh, maybe investigating as well. Yeah, Ronnie says they're almost sold out for the Hickmacon in April. Which is which is really cool because the Hickmacon is uh, I think they had a year or two where they didn't have it. Um, but it's come back really strong and in fact there's been a lot of interest in this. Um, it helps having a great location to have something like this as well. Uh, St. Albans, you don't really have to publicize that place. The word gets out that it's, it's a really good place to investigate. It's so big and it has so much to offer that you, uh, everybody needs to go down and see it. Yeah. Um, Ronnie said they didn't do the COVID. Yeah, they really uh, had kind of locked that place down. Um, but, you know, I think that's uh, – and, and there's an event there. This, there are events at St. Albans all the time. Um, they have, they do have a web page. Uh, they do offer private – I will say that they're, they're nice for offering private events. Sales out. Um, I don't know if they're sold out for this year already, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Um, their calendar fills up very, very quick. And, and that, that's the one bad thing about these places like St. Albans or Moundsville or any of those public locations. When they open the dates up, there's people out there that they just take up blocks of them for their paid events. And it kind of ruins it for the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. And I forgot what it was. Uh, John Sullivan was telling me because they, they do. Uh, he he has a, a, a network of, of friends and, and people that um, 
will investigate with him, and they split the cost. Um, and, he, and he'll say that, hey, they'll contact, um, I can't think of the place in Louisville. And he said, John, that place was so expensive. He goes, I mean, it was so expensive to even get, get one night there. Um, and, and the thing is, is they can do it now. Like, like Hinsdale House, when I was talking to Sullivan two years ago, we were at um, Paracon up there at Fleetwood Church, and uh, the guy that owns Hinsdale House was there, and we were talking with him, and he said, hey, John Sullivan said to him, he said, hey, we want to do an event. Um, we want to do an investigation. What night do you have? And he pulled out his calendar, and it happened to be like 4th of July weekend. It was the only night. Only date left, and he said, "Well, um, put me down, and I'll um, send you to the deposit." But he said that was it. He said they were booked for the whole year. Um, that far in advance, and, and some of those places aren't that expensive, you know. Uh, it's just the popularity of them makes it almost impossible to get in there unless you know somebody. Yeah, a few years back, I did Moundsville. Um, and the only date that I could get in there was on a Wednesday. And all the weekends were all taken out by the public public events. And probably, uh, I don't know what Mansfield charges. Um, Back then it was 13, after taxes and everything, it was $1,300. Yeah, it seems to be like the going rate. Um, and, you know, of course, to have 10 people, if you got 10 people to investigate, you know, you're, you're cutting the, the price. Of course, you probably had the place all night, too. Yeah, yeah we, had the place all, we had the place all night, and I, I actually had 19 people with me. Wow. So it was, for, for, after you break it down per person, it really wasn't bad. I just had to come up with money up front. The uh, Ohio State Reformatory is a place I wanted to do, and they did, and I was invited to go last year. I couldn't do it, but several teams went up there all together and, and did it. And they split the cost. Um, yeah, they had they had a great time, but I know they I know they some of those places are real expensive, and then others can be a bargain actually. Um, yeah, yeah, rock. Um, said they did Ohio State. It was fifteen hundred dollars, and they had fifteen people, so make it affordable. Wow! And I guess the Myrtles is that Myrtles Plantation is that in um, um I can't remember Myrtle Beach. No, it's not Myrtle Beach. It's um, oh. it's in New Orleans. I can't remember. I, I don't know. Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah, I wanted to say it was in New Orleans or somewhere like that. Uh, uh, Waverly is another great place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Saint Francisville. I haven't heard of that one. Um, I haven't I, either. I don't know where that is. Where Where is that, Ronnie? Uh, 
Louisiana. Those, and don't get me wrong, those places are, are great, 
one. Tell me about the cabin on 360. I've never heard of that place. Exactly. Yeah. Let me take you there. Hey, they're all there. And then, and then suddenly you look and somebody's posted a video of the cabin on 360 on YouTube, and it's now become world famous, you know, and, and you have these major uh, ghost hunting groups, these TV groups that want to come in and do investigations at the cabin or, or do a show or something like that. That's how Pamplin got found it because we got to investigate it there and then they found out about it. I sent a scout down to, to look at Pamplin and realize, hey, this is a gold mine. Yeah. And we'll we'll come in and do a TV show there. Yeah. Austin Austin said he wants to say thank you for sharing their stuff on your paranormal events page. Um, I think I saw Austin at the uh at the Castlewood event the other day. Um picture of him and uh, if, if not, I, I, I might might have got the events wrong. But uh I love their their YouTube video that they did on the, about the cabin. Yeah. You know, that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he said it's one of the craziest places he's ever been and he had never heard of it. <laughs> right. Right. So Yeah, yeah you saw him. Yeah. It, it, the cool thing um about places that we no one's ever heard of. Um you know, you can, you kind of feel like I don't want anybody else to know about this. You know? <laughs> there, there's a, there's a few, only a few hundred people that know about this location. Yeah. And if the word gets out, then it's going to, we'll never be able to get in there again, you know. Um, but um, I had um, Austin, Austin's video, I will say this, Austin's video was professionally done. I don't know who does their work. Austin but, and their team. <laughs> I mean, to tell you, it was really good and, and kind of heart pounding. And I mean, they they did it with the cabin. They could do it anywhere. They could go out their grandmother's you know house and do that. And and it it looked so good and so well done. Mm -hmm. The music, everything, um, cinematography was great. Reactions. Austin does all the editing. Is, is really really cool, mm -hmm. uh, and and I really appreciate it from a a fan, you know, who, who looks at those because frankly I get sent or people share with me a lot of videos of stuff, and um, I I appreciate the fact that people will share stuff with you as far as like hey check out this video I was at this abandoned house in King William. And you're like looking at it and saying, "Yeah, wow, that's pretty cool." But it's no professionalism. I mean, it's just raw, very raw. And you know, shot with a, a phone or whatever. And it's um, you know, a little editing could make it a little bit more interesting, but it's okay. It is what it is. Um, they're not trying to share it with the world. They just they wanted to, you know. They're proud of what they capture. But when you have a, a professionally done one that can edit out a lot of things, mm -hmm. you know, flow pace of an investigation, um, and then add in some 
heart-pounding yeah. music and, and a lot of action and things going on. Things makes it seem pretty exciting. So, oh, yeah. Make some paranormal investigation more exciting than what it actually is. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If you have somebody that's good at that, they can make any place yeah. look good, you know, look like it was exciting. Yeah. Even though sometimes it can be very, 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 very boring. I tell it about it. Ain't <laughs> nothing like sitting in a in a dark room and ain't nothing happening and you've been there for an hour and a half and just like sitting there and let's try this, let's try that. And you're trying everything in the world, you know. And nothing's working. Nothing's working until somebody decides to get down on the floor and throw a dollar bill and start twerking. That would be Savannah. That is not me and your poll, so. Sometimes you just got to do the crazy stuff to, to bring out. I don't know if it's the energy. It's the energy is what I'm saying. Yeah. It is the energy of the person that's investigating as well as whatever their energy is there as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I heard uh, our, our good friend, Dr. Don, and he was talking about bringing energy into an investigation. He goes, be an active participant. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of this, but because I like to sit back and watch other people and, and, and videotape and not be the center of attention. But to be active in it, to be and bring an energy level and, a, and an expectation of things that are going to happen, you'll be surprised how much more you get than just coming in and, and doing nothing. Um, but we've all experienced where we can be sitting in a room just chit-chatting and and we've got equipment running and we don't know what's going on until we get back and we find out. Um, I don't know who that fourth voice was in that recording, but um, I hope somebody, um, we, can, we can share this because it, that person wasn't there and we've got clearly another voice on the recorder uh, just participating in that conversation. Right. Well, that's cool. Austin said, I typically go 30 hours of footage down to an hour or so for the video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 30, yeah. You know, if, if you had to, if you did this for a living and you got to go to a place and you say, okay, for three days I'm going to be at Pamplin Park. And for three, you know, but you're going to make an hour-long show. You know, how much, how many hours are you could be out there morning, during the night for three straight days? And maybe uh, get it down to an hour. It might be tough. Some places are more active than others. But imagine going to a place and you spend three days there and it seemed like nothing happened. Yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do? What are we going to do? Just tell stories of what other people have done, or right? 
that's that's true. And Shayla said that she's been listening, um, not just popping on, but she can tell how many times she can't tell how many times a person participating makes an entire investigation just flat. She can't tell you how many times. Yeah, sorry about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that didn't mean that she called me out. <laughs> oh no, you make them all exciting. I've got I've got picture proof of it. Well, now I just need to have a, a reiki done on my back, and then we'll. Right there. Come on. Maybe you can, maybe you can send some um, send some vibes through the show and, and have uh, have my back healed or something. I don't know. I can do that. Where does it hurt? Lower back or else. Okay. I can do that since you told me I can. You know, it's it's funny after everything that was going on, while everything, you know, I spent a lot of time at the. Uh, at the facility with my mom, knowing it's the end of end of life situation, and here I am. I, I, I get a cold from being in that facility. You know, when you're one of the places that you will always get sick if you hang around long enough is a hospital yeah. or a facility, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just going to happen, and I started feeling bad, and then you know, of course, my mom passes, and I'm feeling bad because of that, but it really sucks is when you feel bad because now you're suffering a cold. Yeah. And I actually thought I had the flu because I started, like, felt like I was running a temperature and I was, I was, um, my head was pounding and things like that. And I wasn't, I hadn't been sleeping very well the last few nights. I was just drained emotionally, physically. And then I had to, uh, I was getting something ready and I tweaked my back. Oh gosh! Yeah, and uh, and it hasn't been right since. And uh, and um, I got over the cold. I got over that flu-like symptom thing. And uh, and then, but my back never improved. So you know, at the funeral home, you're talking with people, but I was on my feet for like three hours. Yeah. And I tell you, that last hour, I was. I felt like I just kind of sit down. I mean, my Do you get any adjustments? Do you go to chiropractor care? No, I haven't gone to a chiropractor. People have said it. Um, oh my my God. doctor, the my doctor has ordered uh, physical therapy for it, which yeah. has helped in the past. Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting for that to go through. Because you might um, just need an adjustment, a simple adjustment, and it'll take, you know, it'll put you back in alignment because you could have just, moved wrong and pulled something and it just needs to be adjusted. I go every week. I have to for my angina. So turmeric and curcumin always helps with muscle aches. It does. I have a top I have a mixture of honey, turmeric, black pepper, cayenne pepper, um, that I stir, you know, mix it in honey and it takes inflammation out like nobody's business. But you got to be consistent. Yeah, it, it does work. Yeah, you got to be work. consistent. She, she made me a jar of it. Yeah, that's some good so, stuff. So the turmeric and the 
what else was it? I put, in mine, I put um, a teaspoon, excuse me, a tablespoon, one cup of honey to a tablespoon of turmeric, and then a half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, a half a teaspoon of pepper, um, and you mix it all up and you take like a tablespoon or two of it a day and it takes inflammation out because they were getting ready to put me back on, I can't think of the name of the pills right now because I had so much bad inflammation on my neck and I made that combination and it took it out in one day. It was gone. So I hear that if you add like uh, a quarter cup of, uh, of bourbon with that, it also Cold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, you could. You're absolutely right. And throw some lemon in there. You'll have your hotty toddy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which happens to be my other nickname. Yeah. Snowball. I mean, hotty toddy. Drive on, and I'm not going to say the word that I want to say, but just suck it up. Orange and 
like it. Yeah, you can add some orange slices in there, so a little bit of squeezed orange in there if you want some flavor. But, you know, if you're hardcore, you just drink it and, and, and suck it up and drive on. It's really good for you. You have to Google the benefits of it. There's a lot of benefits to it. Never heard of it. Sorry. I, I, I mean, onions, I, when my kids got sick when they were little, I'd put onions on their feet, onion slices on their feet, and send them to bed. Takes it out. Wow, stuff that I've learned tonight. Yeah, and then brush your teeth. That's right, because you don't smell like onions. And if you're like me, I eat about four or five garlic cloves every day and take a couple garlic pills. So, you know, no, you know, vampire's going to come near me. <laughs> I mean, I, and, and I love garlic. I tell you, one of the mm-hmm. things that I do is I, I'm a big believer in elderberry. Yes, um, that's the other one. So, a couple of years ago, so I, and I'm a big one. And add bourbon. bourbon to it, too. Yeah. Yeah, what? Add some bourbon to it. That's what Ronnie Rickard said. Rickard said add some bourbon to it. That's right. For um, the fever. <laughs> so, the elderberry, if you buy the, uh, the elderberry syrup, or the, uh, they tend to do elderberry a lot of times in gummies, which basically a lot of sugar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the elderberry juice yeah. is, is, is good, but it's still got a lot of sugar in it. Yeah. The, um, but I was like, how do you get elderberries? Well, a lot, some people grow elderberries, um, but it can be poisonous if you eat, and it can be very disruptive to your digestive system yeah. if you eat them wrong. Yes. And so there's a lot of caution needs to be done there. So, I um, found a supplier on Amazon. Now, this was a couple of years ago because I was doing, I was buying. It gets very expensive to buy this stuff. Yeah. But I believe that they work. Elderberry, uh, you can buy. Like you're at a vitamin shop, and they've got their own brand of elderberry capsules. Yes. Which are pure elderberry in a capsule form, and um, very potent. And elderberry keeps you. Uh, helps your immune system and helps you fight off whatever is attacking your body. And it's, it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people turn me on to this. In fact, uh, I went to a winery here in Virginia and they had the elderberry wine. And uh, it gets real popular uh, during the fall and winter months. Uh, I'm sure it would, yeah. yeah. So but the supplier I found, um, it, the, like, a, like a one-pound package of dried elderberries uh, coming from, like, Oregon or something like that, Washington State, um, it went from being, like, $10 for one pound to, like, 30 almost overnight. And the reason wow. was is because people were doing everything they could to build their immune system to fight off COVID. This is when COVID was first happening. This is like in mm-hmm. early 2020. And so the, elder, the people that were packaging the elderberry couldn't keep up. And they were not feeling orders for like three months out, you know. Um, 
and the price just skyrocketed. In fact, it became a shortage of elderberries. Um, but that's no longer the case now. And in fact, you go in there and buy. So that's what I did. I buy the dried elderberries, um, and then you let them soak. Um, and you, you, know, you boil them, and then you let them simmer, and then let them sit. Longer sits the better. Mm-hmm. But they have a. They're not sweet. They're, they can be sour tasting or whatever. So you, you add whatever sweetener you need to. Um, they, they, they say the best thing to do is add or, you know, organic honey to it for the sweetener. Um, but if you really want to kick it up a notch, you throw in cinnamon and you throw in... Yeah, that's another um, good one. Lemon juice and I forgot what else. Uh, bourbon. Bourbon. Yeah, bourbon. So I, uh, I'm a firm believer in that stuff now. So I always, this time of year, always have a jar to keeps forever in your fridge as well. Just have to shake it. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, uh, I keep it in the fridge so that when I start feeling something coming on, I start, I start drinking it, and um, it does help. Ronnie wants to know if you ever snorted them. Why would I do that? No, I don't think I've ever snorted elderberry. I haven't snorted anything. So <laughs> he wanted to know because if they're dried, have you snorted them? <laughs> well, there. That probably burn the shit out of your nose. Yeah, and turn it purple. And turn it purple. Yeah, I've got elderberry elderberry syrup in the refrigerator. Yeah. It is one of the things that I do know that works. Yeah, um, I haven't taken it yet. If you even buy, like, the, um, what is the official name, Sambucci or whatever it's called, uh, but the little jar will be like Kombucha. this. Big, and, yeah, and the, uh, and the, like a CBS. And it, CBS, I mean, that little jar is like $15. Yeah, it's expensive. I'll just make my own. I mean, it works, but you're right. The key is just make your own. Yeah. I have all my little concoctions I make. But they work. So. Yeah, I mean, mean, I'm rarely rarely sick. Yeah. Uh, Unless I um, have been drained. you know, yeah, physically or mentally, something like that. Some, a lot of things drain in when you, you're just going to be susceptible to catching anything that comes along. Um, Very but, true. Very true. I don't know if, uh, you know, if, if anything can, can keep you from catching the flu or anything like that. I mean, that's kind of a nasty thing that goes around it. And once people get it, you can cut the duration of it down with some medications. But when that hits you, it hits you good. Yeah, vitamin D and C. Vitamin D, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. and I, and I take, I take zinc, yeah. vitamin D, vitamin D. Uh, I don't take them all the time. 
I'm not one that takes is a religious vitamin taker every day. Oh uh, yeah, I gotta but, take them every day. Yeah. But there, there's these things, certain things do certain things. You know, certain like vitamin D does something that vitamin D can't do, and that's why you want to have that. And, and of course, now they're finding that zinc really does help with um, keeping your immune system up and able to, to fight that. So. Anything that promotes itself as a as an immune fighter will have zinc in it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, have there been any good uh, things happening at the, at the uh, plantation uh, recently, or we've been getting a few things. That's see a few more shadow figures. Don't know if they're the same ones we've seen before, but we're seeing them. Or Jerry might be bringing them with her. Blame it on me. Of course. I'm waiting for y'all's like five-minute promo video to come out. It just says, you know, it's just like boom, 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 boom. One thing after the other happening. Oh, he's, he's working on it. He's worked on it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just uh, just made a new um, video for the for the tour that I show, and it's it's about four minutes long of just different things that we've got there at the house. Yeah, your pictures on there. Yeah, out of, out of all the all the evidence that we've got at the house, your pictures right up there at the top is one of the best ones. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just fortunate that uh, I can point and click a camera, but be scared enough not to be looking at what I'm pointing at. So. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I was actually, where was I at? I was. Uh, oh, went over a friend of friend of mine's house. And um, and we were, he didn't know I liked a ghost hunt. And this was a very good friend of mine. And so I, he, he got to ask me, I said, well, I don't have, like I have anything on me. Uh, I had my phone. So I was able to, I always keep one or two things on my, um, on my email so I could pull up my email and play it for him off my email. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I played this. Uh, this clip that I got at the exchange that happened to be myself. Uh, I was up there in the exchange in one of the rooms, and what they did was they said, all right, if you want, you can go in, sit down, uh, we'll cut the lights out, we can close the door, give you privacy, you'll be in the room by yourself in the dark, and let's just say everybody spend about five minutes you just ask questions, do whatever you want to do, and when you're ready, just come on out. So I did. I went in there and I sat down, and I'm in the room, and I asked the question, um, so is there anybody with me here right now? And and I heard a noise, and I heard another noise, and I felt like, I don't 
you know, when you're in the dark, if you're in a place that's haunted, you're just like, oh my God, I'm in here by myself. If I feel a hand on my neck or if I, if I feel somebody poke me or I'm going to be running out of here screaming like a woman. Well, that's what I ended up doing was basically just basically like positive scared myself silly now and I got to get out of here. So I went to the door and went on out and I felt like a handle. The thing is, is when I went back and I played the recording, when, it, when I said, is anybody in here with me right now? You hear this? Oh. And I didn't hear that on the thing, but when I played it for him, he was like, oh my God. I heard that. I said, the thing is, is thank God you don't hear that. Right. Usually with your audible ears. It'll catch him on the, on the recording. Yeah. So he was like, so that's what y'all do? And I was like, yeah, you go and you sit in these places. And and most of the time, you don't even catch, you know, that you uh, have caught anything. It just later on, you find out you did, which is also cool in itself. Yeah. 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 Especially if, you're, if you're in, your, in your mind, you say, you know, I wasn't, I felt something happen at that point. I'm going to go back and listen to that, that time frame of when I had that recording just to see if we got anything. And sometimes you do. Right. Uh, yeah. Which is always, always cool. It's like when uh, when I was with John Sullivan at St. Albans, and him and I were upstairs uh, and where, the, where the young lady had committed suicide. Where he's replaying his recorder, we're asking, then we're playing it back. But the whole time I was still recording. Because I wanted to see if I got anything that he didn't get. Right. Especially during that time when we're not recording off of his, he's playing it back. They could be, which they did, inserting themselves into that conversation. So. Cool. Uh, everybody out there, continue to send me stuff. Uh, if you've got something that's going on, you want me to publish it, I will. Um, sometimes I get a lot of private stuff, like me and the group of people that we've, we've rented out St. Albans for the night. I don't mind publishing that. I just don't want people contacting me saying, hey, how can I get involved? I'd like that to private. Right. Uh, but if you've had something just finished, Send it to me, and I'll put it on the page because everybody's interested in what happens in these places. Right. That's true. Very true. That is true. Let me, I'm going to end blog talk. Everybody that's um, called in a blog talk, I appreciate it. Um, that's the call-in switchboard because um, I don't want to cut into Ryan's show. So appreciate you. See you next week. I was a hard-drinking sinner with blood on my hands. I was a hard-drinking sinner, a gun in my hands. Drinking 40 pounds for dinner till I met a big man. And the man said, how do we do? How do we do?
out there. This is Ryan. Welcome to another edition of the Freaking Awesome Paranormal Show. Nine years of freakiness coming at you. Wow. I'm. We have an awesome guest on tonight, Tracy Ann. I'm super excited to talk with her. But um, yeah, nine years. Friday was the actual day. I remember, take a little walk down memory lane with you guys for a second. Remember um, getting the message, because my friend Dennis, two shows on uh, on a full-spectrum radio. Um, hey, Bernadette. Hey, Linda. And um, he was, it was Wednesday, Monday nights and Wednesday nights, two hours long each, and he was getting burned out. Um, from from doing all the shows and stuff, so he he put a post on Facebook or something that he was going to give up his Monday night time slot. Well, I actually talked to my friend Rhonda at the time. I was like, we could do this together. Um, it'd be fun. Um, didn't really work out with her. I think she was too busy to do it, but I said I would do it, and. Uh, when I started it, I didn't think that it would last as long as it did, mostly because if anybody knows me, I'm not a very um, talkative person, not, not a very outgoing person. Like, I get um, I get jumbled up a lot when I talk. So for me, it was something like, okay, I'll try it. Again, I wasn't thinking it was going to last, last as long as it did or, or it has. Um, it's very humbling to uh, be able to speak with all these people and, um, you know, talk to these, these great people, these teams, and learn so much. And uh, I really enjoy being able to give teams from all over the country a platform to um, – show off their, their stuff, their evidence, how they got started. That's the whole point of the show is to give people the, uh, a, a place to share what um, their, I guess, not really accomplishments. I guess their accomplishments. 
but that's that's not the word I'm looking for. To share their evidence and uh, just to to say, hey, you know, this is what we do. So we're looking forward to more of that in the future. I've met so many great people. I've got to meet some great friends. Had to get some great co-hosts on the show. Um, you know, next year will be 10 years, so special for that. Um, so, yeah, that's it. That's all my uh, that's all my speech there. Um, see, if you make a drinking game out of every time I say the word um, you'll get drunk after the first first five minutes of the show. I mean, come on. I need like I need like a script or something, but all this stuff's coming out of my head. So I'm not one of those people who can just like fucking talk and not lose track of what they're saying. That's just not me who I am. I'm more of a just I'll get distracted by certain things and stuff. So anywho, we have got my friend Tracy Ann coming on the show tonight. Um there there you go. Take take a shot. That's it, um again. I'm very excited to talk with her. She's got some good stuff coming up here. Good a uh here at, uh, during the summer. So I'm going to go ahead and put her on and let's get started. Good evening. Hey. Hello. How you doing? How are you? I always get fluctuating when I have to talk for a long time by myself. So I am doing good. Happy anniversary. Well, I thank you so much. Nine years on a successful show. I appreciate that. Awesome, I appreciate that Thanks and I appreciate you. Now, see, I, I feel weird because I'm looking at you, and you're on my left on the camera, so it makes my eyes look like I'm looking away from you. <laughs> I, can, I don't know if I could switch it, or, because you're on my right on the camera. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so this is kind of weird, so it doesn't look like I'm making eye contact with you or looking at no. you, but I am. I'm looking right at you. I hate, um, I'm always, like, when I look at a camera, I'm trying to, when I do, like, a, a selfie video, you know, on my phone, I'm like, I'm like, am I supposed to look directly at the camera? I notice when my eyes are always like looking away, so I'm kind of looking at the camera, not the screen. Yeah. Exactly. I look like I'm always distracted. What are you looking at? I don't know. Yeah. Why are you looking like a JC Penny model? What's going on? Why aren't you engaged? What are you doing? <laughs> so thank you for having me on in my bedroom Wait. tonight. Wait. Look. Very see. Mm-hmm. You no, know, you're like sweat, and I'm like, yeah. Yes. No it's hair. nine o'clock. It's, um, you know, I'm not gonna be dressed up to come on this show. This is a <laughs> put the kids to bed. Have fun. Hey, how's RJ doing? He's fine. He's, he's fine. sleeping. A little fuck. He's a little crazy. Can you? Is that? No, oh, it's not Devil. backwards. No. Ah, I got my special mug out. For oh, nice. <laughs> I uh, nice. The twenty-three and me works for you, huh? I've never actually done that. <laughs> We have an hour. Talk about absolutely anything. Anything you want. We are, this is your, your platform. (laughs) Hey, Taryn. Hey, everybody. Bernadette, Linda, is it Taryn or Taryn? I'd probably say Taryn, but it might be Taryn. I might be completely wrong. All right. You're going to have to put in the comments if it's Taryn or Taryn. I need to know. Either way works. That's a really pretty name. Taryn, Taryn. I, I like it a lot. Is it Irish? It does sound Irish. Taryn. Oh, so I was wrong the whole time. I've had her on the show twice. I've been calling her the wrong name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Taryn was the first one. I'm right. Good. Okay. Get people who have 
have those beautiful Irish names, but you can't pronounce them. You know. Now, 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 Karen sounds more Irish. Ah, oh, Karen. Oh, Lassie. Oh, bit of Karen. The trip to Ireland. Can we talk about that for a second? We can talk about it. Yeah. That was amazing. Did you go? Oh man, I know. Shoot, I want to hear all about that. We went. We we got there and we did the tour and then we stayed an extra week and my daughter came over and she had done a study abroad in Ireland so we got to see the the haunted tour of Ireland and then we did a week of what she experienced when she was there for college so it was a lot of fun beautiful beautiful country I mean there's everybody describes it as those lush rolling green hills you know hills with the the hedgerows and the stone walls and little tiny white dots and sheep all over mm-hmm. the, it's exactly like that it's so gorgeous flying over it looks like a patchwork quilt the tour with um, my Hernan, Secret Ireland, unbelievable. It was really good. My unfortunately wasn't able to join us, but she had another gentleman, his name was Liam, come in and do the tour for us. And we got to do stuff that people just don't don't really get to do. Like when we went to Left Castle, the most haunted castle in Ireland, we actually sat down as a full tour group and had lunch with Sean and his wife Annie and her daughter helped serve homemade Irish stew. And while we're eating lunch, Sean, who's a professional piper, sat down in front of his great big fireplace at the castle and piped for us to lunch. It was incredible. And then being able to go up there into the bloody chapel and stick your head down into the oubliette, I mean, it was well, top notch. <laughs> I mean, that that just sounds like an that just sounds like an experience, man. That that it's like cannot be beat. That is yeah. that is so awesome. If, if, if Vanessa and Gwen do another tour and go back to Ireland, if anybody can go, I highly recommend it. It was so it was so well done. The tour buses were really comfortable, plenty of space for everybody. The meals were in Supercary called Crowley's, and the um, gal who owns the place named Teresa, she is an absolute Irish angel. She really was the best. Taught everybody how to draw their own pints of Guinness, put you behind the bar and had you draft your own pint. And they do, it, it is true, that Guinness tastes like nothing else in Ireland. It tastes it it's got the best flavor when you pull it right out of a tap in Ireland. It's uh, the only place to have a Guinness. It would taste better than uh, coming out of a bottle in America. Well, <laughs> I've had Guinness and I'm like, oh my god. I'm, I mean, I'm being blasphemous here. I don't like Guinness, and I've had it here in the states mm-hmm. and out of the can and the bottle and the swirly stuff in it. But it was really good over there. I, I don't know what's different. But I went to the, the first time I've had I had again. It's like on draft. Uh, I went to Angie and I went to Washington. She had a job up there, and we stayed at a hotel. And there was a, a Irish pub in uh, in the hotel. And I forgot what the name of the place was. They had sandwich called a beef on weck, which which was incredible. They had the best uh, finished artichoke dip I have ever had in my life. And they they give you a pint of Guinness, a free pint of Guinness when you with a with your hotel room. So I had a pint of Guinness, and it's just too dark. But I think it's like I'm not a huge fan of seafood. I mean, I'll eat it, but I feel like when I eat it near the ocean or near the beach or like anywhere near water, it tastes so much better. better. And I mean, I mean, I know they're not going out the dock and catching fish and bring it to the, to the restaurant, obviously, because that won't work, but 
It's just being in that situation. Well, some yeah, some of it, but like, it's just I think being a part of in that situation, your mind is like in that, like where like I'm at the beach, pizza's gonna taste good, or I'm in Ireland, the Guinness is gonna take all, it just tastes awesome because I'm actually here where it is, you know. Maybe it, it could be that whole placebo effect thing, but I mean I've had it and I just never. I always said it was like drinking a loaf of bread, you know, because it's so thick and yeah. Heavy. But it was just so different and so very very good. But we also had a chance to do some stuff that was um, not only haunting stuff but very historically enlightening. We went to like the Wicklow. It's called the Wicklow Gall, which mm. is jail, and. Um, Walking through these buildings and being present in those spaces um, and learning the history, I mean, you get a chance to Google a little bit and stuff, but to walk in there and, like, to stand in the chapel where the gentleman, I can't remember his name, and I'm not, I'm never going to remember names, but the gentleman was married in the chapel and was hung 30 minutes later. Kind of residual energy is still standing in that chapel, that grease, you know, yeah. 15 minutes in his cell alone for him to be able to say goodbye. And that was it. You know, but he was one of the rioters that they, you know, they hung him, they hung him against the king. But it was just, there's so much history in the country and it's, people are beautiful. People are so sweet and so kind. There's nothing they won't do for you. And um, the whiskey is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I, was, our, our notes are, you know, you think about Ireland, you think about drinking. So I guess I'm guessing the alcohol is pretty good over there. It is. It's, it's pretty good. And, you know, there's always a rumor the food is really bland and then nope. Nope. There are some chefs that are tearing it up over there that are really making some amazing meals with what they have right there in the nation and the country and not bringing in a whole lot. Now, Ireland exports about 80% of its seafood. The Irish don't eat a lot of seafood. So, you know, finding fresh fish was not – it wasn't easy, but it wasn't horrible. Um, but most of everything still, you know, fish and chips kind of fries, you know, on Friday, fish on Friday. Yeah. But it was a great trip and being there. You know, Gwen and I got a chance to be alone in the in the bloody tower. and just creepy, dude. <laughs> I mean. I was going to say it. It was creepy. Um, the, you know, the, the house is falling apart. The castle is falling apart around itself. And Sean is kind of fighting a, um, a never-ending battle repairs and every time he tries to start doing repairs he gets hurt he broke a kneecap when they first started then he broke a leg and an ankle I mean, so it's like the castle keeps fighting back against him and only recently have things <laughs> he just saw the message yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. things started to like kind of quiet down as they've been um, working on improving the house but he never get a chance to go definitely go it was so cool funny funny so, story uh, when is Huh? Okay, let's go back. Going back to the um, to the the food part. If you're talking about Ireland and the food, when I was yeah. then I was uh, going in like a, a international food day, and my the food I had to bring was from Ireland, right? And I was like, man, this sucks. All the I thought for sure, like all the in Ireland was potatoes. Like everything, it was just all potatoes all the time. I'm like, I don't even like potatoes that much. What am I gonna do? Then like uh, my mom's like they don't eat, they don't eat, just eat potatoes in Ireland because I even heard about the, the potato famine, you know just situated Ireland with potatoes. What we learned about the potato famine here is completely different in Irish history, absolutely different. I was gobsmacked when I learned their version. 
there didn't there wasn't a need for starvation in that country. They did not have to have two million people starve to death and lose another half of you know quarter of their population to being sent off to the Americas. They didn't have to go through that. But Britain, who was in charge of and ruled over Ireland during that time, chowing down, having a great time, eating all the good foods, all the fish, all the stuff. And the only thing that was left for the Irish to eat was the potatoes, and then they got the potato blight. Yeah. And they all rotted in the ground. So that's why it's called the potato famine, because there was no need for famine. They were exporting everything they produced because it was ordered by the queen. Now, I would, I'm a huge fan of Queen Elizabeth I. Not so much anymore. I mean, that really swayed me when I heard what Cromwell did when he came over to Ireland and you know, the decimation of the Catholic churches. Now, I'm a pagan. I'm not Catholic. I'm not Christian. I'm a pagan. Mm-hmm. But it hit me. And we went to Belfast, and we did the black cab tour. And our cab driver did not tell us if he was Catholic or if he was Protestant. We didn't ask until the end. And he said, well, you'll figure it out, I'm sure. And we went through Northern Ireland, and we saw the murals on the wall, and we saw the walls that had been built to, quote, keep the peace, melt the folk fingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like the German wall, you know. Reagan said, you know, Mr. Gorbachev broke down this wall or whatever he said, but it was, those walls are there, and they're still there. And the gates close at 11 o'clock, and they don't open again until 7 in the morning. And if you're on the wrong side of the gate and you're on the wrong side of town at the time the gate goes down, good luck. Better have a friend over there. That is. uh, We signed the wall, one of the walls, and that wall was um, over 900 foot long. That was one of 90 walls that are still up and operational. And they have, you know, they call it the trouble of Northern Ireland, the Great Trouble. And um, it's not over. I mean, there's a quiet seething that goes on there. And how I knew my driver was Catholic, we were on the Catholic side, and we had come to a gate, and the gate was open, and I didn't know what it was, but Mm -hmm. I said, please stop the car. Please stop the car. Stop stop the car. I hopped out of the cab and ran for the gate because something was just screaming at me that I needed to be in there. And I pushed that gate open. Now, the only light on the street was the light of, like, one street light way down. So I couldn't really see everything that was in there, but I was picking up shadows and shapes, and it was full of people. It was just full of people. And I turned around and started seeing these big uh, murals on the wall, these large floral arrangements that are obviously lovingly tended to. And next thing I know, I've got the cab driver behind me. He parked the cab and got out. The rest of the group was kind of tooling around, coming in, and... uh he said, do you know where you are? I said, I don't know, but it's very important. I don't know what this space is, but it's very heavy, and I need to be here. I don't know why I need to be here. Why am I here? He said, this is the Catholic memorial during the trouble. And then he pulled a bullet out of his pocket, great big, bigger than the palm of his hand, rubber bullet, huge, about gate thick, about, this, about a bottle thick. And he said, this is the bullet that shot me, Fred. We were running, and they're supposed to shoot us in the leg, but they didn't shoot us in the leg. They shot us in the head, and it killed him right next to me. Uh. And I said, now I know you're Catholic. He goes, the man on the mural right there? That's my friend. Wow. I was blown away. Our 
away by the amount of feeling, the amount of pain, the amount of, you know, he said, this is, we grew up like this. This is our normal. This is our normal every day. This is how we grew up. This is not normal. No, it's, it's, the fact that they call, the fact that they call it the troubles, it's so simple. Like, oh, it's like something that, you know, something, it seems so mundane. Yeah, the troubles, yeah, or like. You know, traffic or something like that. But yeah, it was just the trouble. Like, no. I mean, so powerful, and the tension is still there. You know, we we went when we were in Belfast. We went and we had lunch at the Crown Restaurant, one of the oldest restaurants in in Belfast. And hey, Rhonda, and um, just sitting in the Crown, you had to be careful what you were talking about. You know, it was the cab driver even mentioned, he goes, because mm. he dropped us off for there. And he said, you know, when you're in there and you're having your lunch, don't be talking too much about the tour. And then he pointed out where the building had been bombed and the scars on the building are still there. He's like, just go enjoy your lunch, but don't be having too much discussion about religion. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Nope, nope. I, I can, I can, I can do that. I, I won't have to talk about religion at all. That's, that's, that's right. We went and talked about the food because it was incredible. So are are the I noticed like Ireland or Irish people they have a lot of superstitions or you know they 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 not just parent not just ghosts I'm but they're to see how crazy this will get on camera. <laughs> you're, still, you're still looking good. Uh, like you know, I know they're banshees and leprechauns and. Ghosts and are are the are the folks mostly are they mostly into the paranormal or is it just more of a like a they have a very healthy respect. Now those who talk about it open and freely might be considered a little bit on the poo-poo side, but they have a very healthy respect for the fairy, fae or fairy mm-hmm. depending on how you want to call them. Um, they have an extremely healthy respect for uh, the banshee and ghost spirit and what as old as the land is and as many bodies are buried I mean we went to some some sites that were I don't remember how old it was it was one of the oldest temple sites in the world older than Stonehenge had been 2,000 years before Britain was ever a spot on a map and it was all druid it was a very powerful spot to be Gwen's got it on film if you if you get a chance to ask her. She's got pictures and stuff. So she's it, yeah, but it was neat. It was it was seeing some of this really uh-huh. old stuff. Um you think, Oh yeah, old stuff. But then you put your hand on the rock and you get that yeah. little energy that goes up your back or up your arm and kinda of shaking with numb fingers. There's a lot of power in that land. A lot. There are so many yeah. people that I guess believe in that which that power over there that's got a power like add power to that rock and then one of the, the neat beliefs that we and we saw it we actually like saw these these circles they have the, what the fairy circles um you don't build where the fairy circles are the fairy circles can be rocks it can be a, a world of trees in a circle it can be um, mushrooms whatever but if you build on their land then of course, the fairies are going to retaliate. And one of their favorite ways of retaliation was to take children and leave, um, I can't remember what they call them. I'm sorry, I'm so bad at my Irish lore. But they would leave like a, doppelg- a doppelganger that wasn't theirs called a changeling. 
and it was a fairy child that looked human but wasn't. And the changelings were, they called the children that died changelings. Like, so if a baby died of sin mm-hmm. or a baby died at birth, it was changelings. And that was something that helped the mother to grieve the loss. The fairy took her baby. So she can think that her baby is still alive somewhere. But the oh, fairy so, yeah, if this baby gets sick or something and passes away, well, it's not really my kid. Yep. No, it's just a changeling, yeah. So, or by my my kids living in fairy fairy town. Yeah. And. Uh, but um, I think one of the, the most, during that famine, we're going to come back to the famine for a second. Um, they were talking about because we went into some pretty big jails when the Gauls were big, but they weren't meant to have. Um, they sorry, the phone just went up. They weren't meant to have more than 700 people in them, and they had 7,000 people in them. And it, during the time of the famine, if you wanted to eat, if you wanted to have a meal at least once a day, you committed a crime in jail because that was the only way you were going to get fed. And looking at these little itty-bitty cells and mm-hmm. thinking that there's 12 people in these little bitty cells, you couldn't, you couldn't lay down. You couldn't sit. If you did lay down, you were on top of somebody. They didn't separate men or women and children from each other, so you can imagine rape, what happened in those cells, you know, because nobody cared. You're already in jail. Yeah. The feelings in those cells was overwhelming. I mean, there was a point that I had to I had to walk out. If Robbie hadn't been standing right there when I turned around, I would have lost it. I would have just slipped. But he saw the look on my face and he put his arms around me and said, it's not happening. You're just feeling energy. It's not happening. But it was horrible. And that, you know, that the whole thing for like blue bitches and the domestic violence, the violence that happened in that jail and any of these jails was immense. So it's just really, whew, you know, it's get hard, it's hard at home. But if you ever get a chance to go, right. get on the plane, go do it. Save your pennies and do it. It was incredible. I mean, you go think and about. That was uh, the tour with Vanessa Hogel and Gwen mm-hmm. uh, Luckett when we went to Ireland. That's what we're discussing. Well, I mean, I mean, going back to the uh, going back to the feelings you're having, there's so much layered like emotion in in those cells, you know, and that's thousands of years worth of emotions or hundreds of years worth of emotions. You go to jail here, you, it's not very not even that old, and you get those emotions. You can't imagine going someplace like that where it's just, you know, so much sadness in such a enclosed small space that it's got to be completely overwhelming to walk into some place like that, especially it was, off guard. It was overwhelming even being in the common area, mm-hmm. you know, the big rooms. It was overwhelming walking through the hallways where they carried the prisoners. And then there was a spot in one of the jails that we, they had shot um, uprisers. You know, they had shot people that rebelled. And we walked out of this huge courtyard, beautiful stone walls. It was just gorgeous, gothic architecture. And on either side of the walls are crosses where they had stood the people up and shot them. You just don't think about that stuff around here. It's just like, you know, and you're, you're like, oh, it's pretty. And then you notice the crosses and you're like, what the? And then the energy just slams into you like the ocean closing over. Yeah. It's all happy-go-lucky until you like you start looking. Oh, this is really nice. Okay, then you look and like, oh, yeah. That's where they stood when they shot them. 
I know we do execution. And yeah, like but that. you're not walking into where the electric chair is for the most part and, like, feeling, I guess you can in jails, but, you know, it's just. Which is the jail that has the electric or the gas chamber you can actually go sit in? Which one is that? Uh, I don't know. Is anybody in the, in the comments? No. But these are freedom fighters. These are like people revolting against the government. That kind of. Yeah. We're not. We're not like. I guess. Murderers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. These were common citizens that rose up trying to create a better Ireland. That wanted Ireland to be Ireland and not under British rule. They got killed. And this is like in the 1920s, 1930s. It wasn't that long ago. This is. These people were up against the wall. It's very sad. It's sad, sad that they felt that wall. No one ever talks about that. Everyone talks about the wall in Germany. Um, yeah, and, the, uh, the trouble wall. Yes. Uh, everywhere between. And the division between Catholics and Protestants Northern Ireland is so distinct. There's on one side of the street, on the one side of the wall, They've got the Bonnie Prince Charlie. Everything is British. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got you know big paintings of Cromwell, and everything's red, white, and blue, and they're flying the, the British flag and side of the wall. They say we're Irish under British rule, and it's orange and green and white mm-hmm. everywhere. And the big difference that I noticed on the murals on the buildings on the on the side that's um, that's British. All of their paintings that have wall murals, that have, like, men with guns or whatever, they're all masked. Everybody's wearing a ski mask. All you see are these mean eyes and this big gun. But on the Catholic side, they show their faces. You see who died. You see how many were killed in this building. They have Mm -hmm. humanity to them. The Catholic side is just, let us be. Yeah. Be in peace. And I don't know what the British side is. I didn't give them too much. Never mind. I was just pissed off. You hurt my Irish counterpart. I was a little mad. I didn't want to. Yeah, you guys <laughs> stay with me. My energy was to, the, was to the Catholics. And I'm not Catholic, but if I had to pick a side, yeah. not too yeah. happy with Britain. Push comes to um, shove. Well, you don't starve your people mm-hmm. because you can entertain your court. And if they don't have any food and they're dying, there's this down the middle of Dublin on the river, there's this art piece that is statues of the famine. And it's just people walking in different, but it's these gaunt faces of just wretched. And one is carrying a dead child and the other one's got, you know, half a sack of something on his back that looks like it could have been you know, everything he owned in the world. And they're just these broken, broken-looking people. And it's called the famine. And it's about the victims of the famine. And it really, I mean, just to walk through those statues, you know, because they're kind of staggered yeah, yeah. and wander through them, it rips your head off. I mean, it's, it just chews you up, spits you out, because you think it could have been prevented. If England hadn't been so greedy, it could have been prevented. So that's just my opinion. It's, um, but because everybody's got their own opinion on it, but after seeing it, hearing it, going through the differences in Northern Ireland, 
I firmly am with Southern Ireland. I think Ireland is Ireland. It's a beautiful country, and it shouldn't be blowing itself up and starving its people. And so thank God it's so much better. Well, it's definitely a reality check going through what's um, – which the statues and stuff. I I, I we'll get we we'll talk about the boo bitches. But I I, I uh read an, I read an article the other day on the show, and I want to get your opinion on it. This is because it's something that um just struck me as I can't believe this is still going on. You know you know the, the Salem witch trials, right? Mm-hmm. You you've uh you're aware. forget that. There is mm. um I read this article about these women in Africa that are being put into this camp for witches. There are these, these villages in Africa where these old women are just minding their own business, and then if there is a dispute over money or or someone says someone doesn't like you or anything, they can say you're a witch, and the villagers will either beat them and then throw them into the camp, or if they're lucky, just throw them into the camp. But the problem is these women that are being thrown into this camp are old. They can't take care of themselves, and no one's feeding them. And they, they rely on the the kindness or strangers or maybe they rely on their family to, um, to send them money for food. And it's, it's really sad because and like if, if, like, they want it, they want – the government wants to end, end these camps, and send them back, send the women back to the village where they were ostracized because someone called them a witch. How is that going to work? You know, it's just, it's it's hard to believe that kind of stuff is still, you know, going on. And no one ever talks about it. Because it's in Africa and nobody cares. It's sad. I mean, I just read an article. It's just something that really kind of struck me as wrong. Absolutely awful. I'll send you the article. Yeah, please do. That's really heartbreaking. The word witch translates into the word meaning wise one. And the fact that they're throwing out their older women makes me go, it gives me pause, because that's your knowledge base. Your matriarchy is your knowledge base. Mm -hmm. They're your cooks and your healers and your bakers and your herbalists and your doulas and sometimes doctors. So if you're called a witch because you have ability to heal, but maybe somebody lost their baby and they call you a witch and now you've got to go to this camp, that's no different than yeah. the Salem Witch Trial. Not at all. It's like the modern version of the Salem Witch Trials. It's like when um, when that even was like one of the, the, the girls was said that she was talking to the devil or something and you know and she started convulsing in court and all that I don't I can't remember the names of the people who were involved in the Salem Witch trials off the top of my head. Seems like they it was just one girl had, had an issue with the with the lady and was like, Oh, she's a witch and now it's now it's up to the person to prove that she's not a witch. Yeah, you're guilty until proven innocent, and the ways to prove yourself innocent would kill you as well. If she floats, she's a witch, so you drown. Yeah. You know, there was once you are accused, there was no way out of that. Reminds me and of uh. It didn't, it didn't stop until the you know the wife of the judge. Yeah. 
And it's like, and, and then all of a sudden, yeah. they stop. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hang on a second here. You know the people, they're, you know, they're fine, but you, you know. You can't <laughs> my wife. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was like uh, that Monty Python and the Holy Grail video. She's a witch. She's a witch. She turned me into meat. I'm meat. I got better. <laughs> better anyway. Yes, I got better. I got better. Oh God, that's funny. Oh my God. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead. Shut up. You'll be so dead in a second. I'm happy. Oh God, go, I'm go for a walk. I need to go watch that movie again. <laughs> Another strawberry. I saw this my this post on Instagram. It was like a Knights of Me, a Star Wars story. I'm like, oh my god, that's hilarious. You have to find that share that with me. Oh, well, well. So, let's get this, this boo bitches part over. Yeah, there. 40 minutes into the show. Oh, a lot of exciting stuff. By the way, I talked to your friend Howie. Nice. He's awesome. Yeah. Mr. Howie Ed Odell. Yes. I invited him to come and join us. I'm just waiting to see if he and Rhonda will accept the invitation. It's going to be so, everybody does. But I wanted to say thank you because he mentioned that you and he had had a conversation about last year's Boo Bitches event, mm-hmm. and he thought that it was quite honorable what we had done. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for speaking so highly of that event. What did no you problem. think? I never did get a chance to ask you. What did you think of Boo Bitches last year? I thought it, I didn't get to stay very long. thought it was a great time. It was a great um, experience. Um, I think it's a great cause and uh, very excited for this year's edition of it because, you know, last year was the first time. You never know, you know, what to do or, you know. You always have learning experience the first time. is always a learner's experience. So you can take what you learned last year and make this year even better than last year. And last year was pretty was pretty awesome. This year I'm planning on staying uh, longer. I might, you know, probably spend the night or whatever, but I like my bed. But, but. I will I will be there uh, for for the majority of the evening with you guys and um, I told Angie she needs to be there. Um, yes, please. <laughs> Where is she? She is asleep right now. She's got a. Can she? Uh, she puts RJ to bed. We talked about her and I send her my love. I will do that. Yeah, she needs to be there. So this year I can tell you who is coming so far. I can't really. I'm not going to go into mm-hmm. details on who else is invited until I get the thumbs up or thumbs Yeah, yeah. Um, just no pressure. Except for, except for Howie. Yeah, <laughs> except for him. He's, 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 <laughs> he's going to be like, what? Talk about me? I've never even met him, but I'm already. He's a, he's a great guy. He's, he's a good, he's I'm a good guy. We'll be, top hat. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be no, lucky. He's got a great guy. He's got a wear. Oh, yeah. He, he, he does his show from the, awesome. he does his show from the cabin. So his uh, his top hat is there. Oh, that's so, so cool. Well, he's more than welcome to do a Boo Bitches show if he wants to fire it up and do something while we're there and, and doing our thing. He's more than welcome to take it live. I don't mind at all. Um, so my cohort in crime this year is Gwen because we had such an amazing time in Ireland together and just kind of formed this really good bond. So I've invited Gwen to come and be my cohort in crime. And, of course, she's our, our head banner person and advertiser, so she'll be putting all the banners together with our pictures on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have you and Dennis, Dolph and Robbie, 
and Holly Mullins in Dallas are coming up from the Appalachian Retreat. Um, and they're going to be doing some, I think Holly said that they always do a seance. Yes, we're every, we've had them come up. They've been up here twice. And they've had Tell me about the seance. I've never done one there. What's it's interesting. They, they, we put the two tables together. And we sit around the table, and you'll hold hands, and we walk through. Dallas is beating a drum as you walk up to the table to, well, honestly, I can't. I don't know why he beats the drum. Something spiritual, I'm sure. Like maybe well, he's trying to drum out the evil spirits or something. We're encouraging everyone, if they have drums or djembe mm-hmm. or um, if, if they have uh, bull run, whatever, bring them to bring the drums. Holly wants to do a drum circle. I'm going to go off completely off script here. Okay, I'm going to – it's always thinking about it. I remember when you came down to the cabin, up to the cabin a few years ago, and we did that goddess chant, Rick Rancher. It was all over the house. It was – you know, we all had, like, our own certain things we had to say throughout the house. That was an incredibly awesome experience to 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 do that. And um, it's just – we were talking about the drum throw. I just, I just remembered that we did that. It was it was really cool. We did the chants of women. Isis, Astarte, Diana, Hecate, Demeter, Kali, Sana. We did the chants of the female goddesses. And it, it was to help to heal Melissa away from the Goonie in the basement, mm-hmm. the house elf. And it was to provide a barrier so that she could come out and he would not see or find her because there was a lot of him attacking when she would come out. And so we needed to protect her down the goddesses to provide that circle of protection for Melissa. And I don't know how long it lasted, if it lasted for a little while. Maybe you can but, do that again you know, this year. You know, if people want to do it, I'm more ha- more than happy to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if it was discussed last year's event, Vanessa, who is a, a, a very good channeler, actually had Melissa step in body. Did, Did she have to tell you about it? I, I was, um, she came to an event, uh, not that event, but it was a different event, and we were downstairs in the basement, and it wasn't Melissa coming through, obviously, in the basement, but it was someone else, and that'd be something, the dark thing downstairs, but she just started laughing maniacally, like, in the, sitting in the chair next to me, and I'm like, you look at her like, it takes you off guard, and you realize, okay, you kind of know what's going on, because okay, like, I think right. one of her, one of her, was there, maybe it was Gwen, or, or um, yeah, Gwen was the one who, who would help get her out of possession because there's no other way to yeah. describe what it is with a possession but we were in the house friday before the event when we were doing the cleanup and making sure there was hand towels and paper towels and soap and toilet paper you know stuff girls yeah, yeah. need when they're investigating we don't pee in the woods i don't i pee my shoe um and we were in melissa's room when all of a sudden Vanessa just got really quiet, and she was looking at the altar we had set up, because we set that small altar with the fresh flowers and the candle and some Melissa's picture. And she was looking at the altar and had just, like, was playing with arranging the flowers a little bit, and all of a sudden she just stopped. She stopped moving. Like that, but not, have you ever seen Vanessa hold still? No, no not unless something is happening to her. Started to slowly turn around the room as she was looking at all of our faces, and she looked 
terrified. Like she didn't know who any of us were and why are we in the room and mm-hmm. who are these people? And I looked at her and I said, Melissa? She turned beeline on mm-hmm. me, locked on. I said, Melissa, you're okay. You're safe, honey. We're not going to hurt you. And her shoulders dropped and she kind of took a deep breath and looked around at everybody. And, and she didn't say anything. I said, do you want to walk around? Do you want to see your house? Do you want to walk around a little bit? So she came, Vanessa walked out into the hallway and looked into both those two end bedrooms in the mm-hmm. bathroom. And then she stepped out by the front door. And the front door was open. They yeah. had the screen open. We had all the windows were open. We were airing the house out. Yeah. Burning incense, making it pretty. You know, like girls do. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she it smelled good for a while after that, by the way. It smelled, huh? It smelled nice for a while for a while after that. So I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah. We're going to do it again this year, right. too. We're going to early it all up. Need to refresh you a little bit. So, that was one of the mm-hmm. big things, too. We staged a crap. You feel know, like Cheech and Chong when we opened the window. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she looked outside. She said, do you want to go outside? You haven't been outside in a long time. You want to go outside? So Gwen took Vanessa on a walk around the outside. And that was the first time Melissa had been outside since she died. Then she came back in, and... You know, she could, you know, Gwen started to, you could, Gwen yeah. started to get Vanessa out of mm-hmm. it. It had been a little, little long. And um, I said, Melissa, before you go, is there anything you want to tell me? Do you need anything? And she looked at me with the most pitiful eyes and she said, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And I said, do you like tacos? Yeah. I've got nachos. Okay, I'll bring you some. So we made her a pat, you know, from all the food that had been brought, we made her cheese and beans and yeah. sour cream nachos and put them on the altar. And uh, that's, it was the most interesting experience to have. And it was not Vanessa. It was not it Vanessa. So, like, it was not her eyes. Yeah. It was not her body language. It was not Vanessa. I was speaking to Melissa. It really makes it real, brings it home because it, so you go there, you 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 know you happen, you know you're talking to. Which her, her birthday was yesterday, by the way. Um, it just feels it's just when you something like that happened. Sometimes you forget that these were actual people that we're talking about. We have a picture on the on the um, mantle at the cabin, so you, yeah, you know it's a person. Altars in her room that people would be able to to see who they were communicating with and to direct mm-hmm. their energy towards that. But to have you know, and this little child voice and hungry. Oh, as a the mother, kids hungry. Yeah. Oh, just pooping all over your soul. Yeah. Baby girl. I'm over here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get all in my feels over here. Like, know, just, just thinking about it, like, I really want to go over there now and say, yeah, I'm so sorry. It's, well, we're just going to make sure that when we do these events with her, we're going to feed her. Mm-hmm. Whatever we're eating, we're going to put it on the altar so she can enjoy it in spirit, but at well, least she knows what she's prepared for. Now I know <laughs> that I'll do the same thing, even if I bring a bag of chips over there. We have our yeah, events. Just, but don't get mice. Don't leave stuff for mice. Well, no. There's an event, you know, whatever. Encourage people to, if you're eating something or whatever, just. Well, I mean, I, I'll probably just take one bag of chips over there and say, tell, tell everyone to bring food over there, because then I'll, there'll be like just stacks of stuff over there. 
but just I'll bring like a bag of chips, you know. I'm hungry. It was very, very distinct. But this year's Blue Bitches is going to be the very first weekend in June. We'll have the property for Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday. Sunday we're going to do cleanup and blessing of the land. Before we'll walk through the woods and we'll pick up all of the glow sticks we can find. I hope we didn't leave too many for you. No, we are we'll glow sticks. We'll make sure the bonfire's out. We're going to uh, clear up the land and re-bless the houses like we did last year. So hopefully it'll still smell nice for you for a couple days. But Friday night, Holly and Dallas want to do a small intimate event with limited ticket sales to do a seance and a drum jam with all of the presenters and all of the crew from Boo Bitches so that people can get to know them and us a little more intimately than a larger on Saturday. So there'll be a ticket sale for Friday. There'll be a special ticket for that and then a ticket sale for Saturday. And, of course, if you buy the combo, you can get a discount. But we're kind of still ironing all that out. We're not only a few ticket sales. But there will be a special event on Friday. And then we'll have the investigation on Saturday. It's going to be like we did last year. Everybody's going to arrive like 2 o'clock in the afternoon so that they can get acclimated to the buildings and to the land in the daylight. I think that getting a chance to walk the property and be out there in the woods in the, in the daytime mm-hmm. makes them a little less. It's a different feeling for sure yeah. when you're in the woods during Especially the day. if somebody hits that weird time warp thing that happens in the woods. You ever had that happen to you? Uh, I can't say I have. Um, it's crazy. Uh, Rhonda just said they'll be there for sure. All right. So Wait. I'm holding you to it. I know it's, it's now now it's locked in stone. It's 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 a legal legal contract now. We've written in my comments. You're gonna be there. Rhonda, so. you guys need to come out. Tell how you guys need to be there. Tell how. Are you just yeah. sounding out of oh, no. I, I, I'm streaming on four and three different like. Services right now, so these just come down three different times. So. <laughs> I'm just seeing yeah. them all piling right now. But Rhonda, we would love to have you and Howie. The, one of the things we're gonna, and that we're doing this little different um, is that a lot of our presenters are coming in couples. They may not be couples, but they're couples. There's, you know, Robbie and I, we're married, and then um, Brian and Ann are going to be there, and um, Dennis, and excuse me, um, Holly and Dallas. No, they're not married. They're just best friends. I mm-hmm. swear they're born out of the same mother. I think they're cousins. They should be. I think, huh. they're, I think they're cousins, actually. Yeah, they are. I yeah, think they're yeah. cousins, actually. Um, and then uh, if we have another set of guests. There will be male-female couple, and if, they're, if they can come. And then, of course, you and Harley. So one of the things we're talking about that's on the table that we're still kind of hemming and hawing is uh, – I don't think we're going to hem and haw for much longer on this one. Is in letting men. We can hem, but not haw. Hemming and hemming and hawing is. We can hem, but we can't haw. Hemming and hawing is is overdoing it. You know. I'm more I'm more of a hammer, personally. No, no, that's that's too much. That's that's way overboard. Because men also suffer from domestic violence, whether it be um, partner violence or gay partner violence or the fact that they're a woman that beats them up, whatever. Men also suffer from domestic violence, so it's not as openly discussed. We don't have violent shelters for men. We do, but you don't hear about them very often, right? You don't hear. They end up usually in homeless shelters. They don't have counseling and lawyers and the things that the, the shelters offer to women. But men are also victims of domestic violence. They also need to have a safe space to share their story 
or even if they're just sitting around the bonfire like we did last year where people were sharing their stories as they got comfortable and women were learning that I'm not the only one. I'm not alone in what I'm feeling or mm-hmm. what I felt. And it was a huge healing process around that bonfire. And we want to be able to open that up for men to also have a safe and sacred space. So because most of our people are coupled, male, female, coupled together, we thought this might be the event that we can open and introduce it to the men who we have either experienced domestic violence or support the victims of domestic violence. Because last year we did have a lot of men that wanted to come. You know, I was like, nah, we can't have you there. But I said, sure, I think we're going to open it up. And it was Howie that actually was um, pretty instrumental in our discussion on uh, Messenger to bring that up and say, I think that it would it would be beneficial. And I agree. I agree with them. Yeah, it's, so it's, we're going to talk about that as a team, but I think that's probably going to happen, and that's going to open up the ticket sales a little bit, too. Uh, we will also have it open for donations for those who want to donate to mm-hmm. the shelter that, like we did last year, if you can't come, you can buy uh, a, a non-seat ticket and put your, your money towards what we donate. So for those of you who don't know what Boo Bitches does, our platform is we are Boo Bitches Paranormal Investigators in support of domestic violence survivors. And when we do an investigation, we donate what we earn from ticket sales back to a shelter in the area for which we're investigating. So this year we're back at the cabin on 360, so we're looking for a um, shelter to donate. Last year was, uh, what was it? I can't remember what it was. Uh, Safe Harbor. Safe Harbor. So we're looking to see if there's another shelter in the area that would like some donation. If not, we'll return to Safe Harbor. They were happy to take our money. I think anybody would be happy to take mm-hmm. our money. And we donated $1,700 last year, which is Pretty awesome. That's, from a yeah, first that, time that is awesome. Yeah, seven hundred bucks. That's that's a lot of toothbrushes, shampoo, deodorant, shoes, clothes, baby diapers. That's that's a lot of stuff. Um, so our platform is that we investigate in a fun, cool place. We try to get uh, donation baskets in, like for raffling. We make them ourselves. So some people like to donate them, and we raffle them off, and then the funds for that go to the donation. The ticket sales go to donation. Um, sometimes there's a discount on the venue, and thank you to the cabin for the discount on this year's uh, fee. I appreciate that very no much. No problem. But um, we go, we have a really good time. We create a sacred space. Um, there's a little bit of magic ritual in there. I'm a witch, so we're going to throw a little ritual in there and uh, bless the land and invite the spirits to join us. And we have a lot of activity out there at the cabin and the rancher and out in the woods. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, if, if, if you're fun. But I think the neatest thing was
I think that's a great idea. Do you have any questions about this year's event? You're part of my planning group. No, I'm 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 excited for what you guys have planned. Um, the blog talk part is just about to end. So if you hear a voice saying, I think you're using blog talk radio. That's the podcast Wait, part. An hour? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, almost ten o'clock. Um, so we're gonna keep talking on this in streamer for a little bit, so we won't just cut it short. But um, thank you for those listening to blog talk. Save your date for the first weekend in June.